The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory, glory be to God. Well, I welcome you all again. It's our special Father's Day service. And of course, we're going to speak to the fathers in the house through the word today. But it's not just the fathers we're going to be speaking to. I believe we're going to be speaking to everyone as well. Um, every one of us has a father figure one way or the other in our lives. So I want to encourage everyone to open up their hearts to what I'm going to be sharing today. I have a lot of ground to cover and I just want to enjoy you to follow me. Um, there's a clarion call to all fathers out there in these days we are living in. Um, there's a loud alarm bell ringing. And um, the coronavirus and all the other effects of this global pandemic, it's really not what I'm referring to. Um, in my own opinion, um, COVID-19 is just the latest and definitely a very intense one. It's just the latest in the series of um, the crises that have besieged this world. I believe the real alarm bell that is ringing in the spirit is that we are in the last days. We are living in the last days. And when you think about the fact that Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost said that this is the last days, referring to the prophecy of Joel, you can get um, a sense of how loud this alarm bell is ringing in the spirit. I believe we are in the last of the last of the last days. Praise God. And if you've ever looked at the prophecies in scriptures about the last days, um, the prophecies talk about the fact that it's going to be dark times. It's going to be perilous times. A big part of the prophecy. And I'll start with that this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1. But know this. He wants us to know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. That's what we are saying in our world today. However, it's important to note that it's not all gloom and doom. If you look at Isaiah chapter 60, um, verse 2 says, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. That's one part of the prophecy. Look at the other part. But the Lord will arise over you. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. Verse 1 says, Arise. Shine, hallelujah, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So on one hand, it's dark, there are perilous times, it's difficult, but on the other hand, it's an opportunity to rise and to shine and for the glory of the Lord to be revealed. And I pray for you and I decree over you that half, that better hand of this prophecy that the glory of the Lord will be revealed upon you, that will be your testimony. That will be your story. And that will be your experience in these last days that we are living in. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. In times like this, God always speaks to, God looks for, and God raises fathers. And, that, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. He speaks to fathers, he looks for fathers, and he raises fathers. And he looks for fathers on different levels, um, different spheres of life. And what is popularly referred to as mountains these days in a lot of prophetic teaching that we are hearing. 
So God is looking for fathers in the household or in the family. That's one level. He's looking for fathers in church or in ministry. Um, we have a father over this church family in Kingsword Ministries, Dr. K. God will speak to fathers. He will raise fathers. He has, he's looking for fathers in the business world and in industry. And then he's also looking for fathers over nations. And then he also raises and looks for fathers over generations. So those are five levels I can, I can quickly point to. That God is raising fathers, speaking to fathers, and looking for fathers in these times that we are living in. Let, let's define the word father so we can all be on the same page as we go on this morning. Um, that word simply means source or origin or beginning. A more recent word we can use is pioneer. That, that, that's what the word father means. And we should also understand that God is the original father. God is the original father. But God has shared that trait or that attribute or character. Um, he has shared it with mankind. So that's why we have fathers and men. And it's worth noting that this trait is not just shared to the male man. When we talk about fathers, many times we refer to the male man, and that will probably be the um, basic example, looking at it biologically. But fatherhood is not just limited to the biological application. You can have spiritual fatherhood, and that doesn't have to be necessarily a male man. You can have national fathers. Um, someone pointed out during our men's, con men's conference last week that some of the nations that are handling coronavirus very well are actually being led by women. Mentioned countries like Germany and Australia, New Zealand, and things like that. Well, New Zealand, not Australia. We can have industrial fathers. And of course, we can have generational fathers. So it's not just biological. And that attribute of God to be the source, to be the origin, um, to be the beginning, that's what fatherhood is all about. Praise God. Let me quickly circle back here to one of the themes that I've been sharing a lot in the teachings in recent weeks and months. About We talked about being strategic. And we defined a strategy as a plan or a method or series of maneuvers towards obtaining a specific goal or achieving a particular result. Um, last month, thanks, fasting and prayer, Dr. K kept emphasizing the place for us to be intentional and to be intense. I want to pick on that intentional part. That's what being strategic is. You, you have a plan, you have a series of man maneuvers, and you are, you are intentional about it. And th this is how Jesus talked about it in Matthew 16. I keep going back to Matthew 16 in these teachings. Look at verse 19 of Matthew 16. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we said those keys are strategic keys that God is giving us. I will quickly remind you of some of them that we've mentioned. We talked about being anointed. I think this was way back in March. When Angel Gabriel came to break the news to Mary that she was going to be the mother of Jesus, she was like, how is it going to be? And he told her, the power of the Most High will come upon you. In other words, you are going to be anointed for it. Um, that's a strategy. And particularly in these teachings, I'm talking about spiritual strategies. We've talked about practicing the covenant of God. We looked at the Psalm 112 man when we talked about that. 
And we saw that that man walked in the covenant deliberately, like Daniel. We talked about being an intercessor and the savior to the world at this time, a solutions provider. Don't see yourself as a victim. See yourself as the person that God is going to use to solve the problem. The other day, we talked about thanksgiving and gratitude. You see, these are spiritual strategies, spiritual keys that you ought to be intentional about and live that way intentionally to conduct your, yourself in this time. And this month, we are talking about walking in love, walking in God's love. And I need you to see this as a spiritual strategy for the times we are in, particularly if you're a father. If you are someone that God is using as a source or um, the beginning of something, walk in God's love strategically as a major key to overcome in these times we are in. I love 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Please watch this scripture very carefully. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Glory be to God. Directing your hearts. May the Lord make you intentionally walk in the love of God. And you know, it's interesting to talk about the patience of Christ there. We looked at first, um, first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 in the Amplified last week, talking about the attributes or the character traits of love. And the first thing is that love endures long and is patient and kind. First Corinthians 13 and verse 4. Glory be to God. So as I speak to fathers today, and for everyone that their lives are touched in one way by a father figure, I, I want us to look into the scriptures very carefully this morning and learn lessons from fathers that God has used at critical junctures in scripture, in the human history, and see them walking in love deliberately, to do what God was doing in their lives. Glory be to God. That's what I want to focus on in today's teaching. Let's go back to that text in 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it talked about perilous times. So verse 1 says, Know this, that perilous times will come. But look at what he said from verse 2. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, it went on and on. I will jump to verse 4 because of time. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And he said from such people turn away. If you look at that verse 4 again, he talked about instead of being a lover of every other thing, which will be the temptation of perilous times. He said God is looking for people that will be lovers of God. And that's where that theme of God lovers comes from. And I want to take, just look at three men in scriptures today because of time. Fathers in their own right that God used to set the course of the human family and the human experience on earth. And I want you to see how God raised God lovers out of these men. And because they were God lovers, God was able to use them. And today... The kind of fathers that God will use are people that will be God lovers. Not lovers of any other thing, but God lovers. I will start with Noah. And as I talk about these three men, I want to say four things particularly to the fathers in the house. Please listen to me and listen to me very carefully. I will start with Noah. Hebrews 11 verse 7. By faith, 
Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Glory be to God. And this is the first thing I want to say to every father listening to me. Build an ark for the saving of your household. If you're a father over a church or a ministry, build an ark for the saving of that church or that ministry. That's what we are doing in this place. Every time we teach the word of God, every time we give you instructions, every time we give you direction, every time we pray, we are building an ark for the saving of your household. If you're a father over a nation or an industry or a mountain somewhere, build an ark for the saving of the people that God has made you father over. Hallelujah. That's the first thing. And that's what fathers do. Particularly in perilous times. Nobody in your household will fall to the crisis of this season in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And there are many powerful lessons we can learn from now. I want to emphasize on one of them this morning. Genesis 6-8. Watch the things they told us about Noah. This is the first thing about Noah. He found grace in the eyes of God. Everything I'm going to be telling you to do today and everything Scripture tells fathers to do it's a function of God's grace. So nobody has to be under pressure and nobody has to be carrying a load they don't have to carry. Genesis 6.22, they told us, Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. Look at Genesis 7.5. Noah did according to all that God commanded him. I'm seeing a pattern here. Genesis 7 verse 15. And they went into the ark... Noah, um, into the ark to Noah, two by two, of all flesh, which is in the, which is the breath of life, in which is the breath of life, and verse 16. So those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. This is the thing I keep, the lesson I want every father to, to, to learn from Noah's story. Um, his keeping of God's commandments, obeying God's commandments. And that was a demonstration of love, a demonstration that he was a God lover. Um, Jesus was teaching us in John 15 verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love as I have kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. By Noah keeping the commandments God gave him, the things God told him to do, he was walking in the love of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Glory be to God. 2 John chapter 1, verse 6. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Praise God. So that's the first thing. Be an obedient person. I mean, um, build an ark, sorry, is the first thing. I'm, and this is the second thing I want to say to, to, to men in the house. Live in the word of God. Live by the word of God. Obey the word of God. Hallelujah. As a father, if you are going to lead the people God has given you to lead, and if you are going to lead them into victory, in that place of building that ark to save you and your household, live in God's word. Like Noah, obey God's word. Hallelujah. The first Adam, or we can say the first father, he failed all of us because of disobedience. The last Adam, talking about Jesus, 
He saved all of us through obedience. We see that in Romans chapter 5, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Let me point something out here, back to, to Noah's story here. Um, it's interesting to note that only seven people um, followed Noah into the ark. Seven people, then all the animals God brought. And God's plan wasn't to save just eight people. God wanted to save as many as he could in that generation. But it was just those seven people that followed the father that God had raised in that generation, Noah. And I'm asking myself today, how many people are missing out on the salvation that God has made available for this present season because they are not following the fathers that God has raised up for them? Glory be to God. So I remind you again of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith you should follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Praise God. Because of time, I move to the second man. I want us to learn something from this morning. And I'm talking about Abraham. Glory be to God. Genesis 12, from verse 1. We see God's word to Abraham there. Genesis chapter 12, from verse 1. And this is the record of scriptures. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house. I want you to see God's intention here. To the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and make your name great. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those that curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Glory be to God. Now, the first thing I want to say is this. Greatness is God's will for every father and for every family. Greatness is God's will for every individual on the face of the earth. However, God raised the father to touch the entire world. God raised one man. And that's what God does with fathers. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.29 tells us, If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. So God wants everybody to be great. What God pronounced on Abraham wasn't just for Abraham. It wasn't even just for Abraham's family. It was for every family on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. And there's a lot we can learn from the story of Abraham. Um, let me jump because of time here. If you read Genesis 11, you will see that the place that God said he will take Abraham to, notice God did not mention where he was taking Abraham. Genesis 11, if you read from verse 31, um, the Bible told us Abraham's father, Terah, was actually heading to Canaan, which was where Abraham was going, or Abraham ended up. However, Abraham's father did not make it to Canaan. Um, to um, Canaan. He stopped on his journey, and then God started talking to his son, Abraham. That's very powerful. And, you know, when God spoke to Abraham, God didn't mention Canaan to him. I think God learned from his father. I won't tell you where I'm taking you to. I told your father where I was taking him to. And maybe the journey was too far or maybe there were obstacles and he just had to settle where he was. I think God learned that. And this is a lesson from Abraham's life. And this is a thought thing I want fathers to take note of this morning. Live by faith. Live by faith. For Abraham to take the steps he took after God spoke to him, knowing that he was going to go on from where his father left off, it was a work of faith. And that's the lesson fathers must learn from Abraham. Romans 4.16, one of my favorite texts in scripture. Let's look at it again this morning. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. 
so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Hallelujah. Abraham's lesson to us is to walk by faith. And that walk of faith that Abraham did was a demonstration of his love for God. Galatians 5, 6 tells us, faith walks by love. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith walking through love. There was no way Abraham could have walked by faith and become the father of faith if, it, if he wasn't a God lover. If he wasn't walking in the love of God. And he demonstrated the height of his love for God. We see it in Genesis 22. Let's look at that text again this morning. Genesis 22 from verse 11. When Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah. The angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. God has changed his name at this time. So Abraham said, here I am. Watch what the angel told him. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God or that you love God. Really, that's what he was saying. Above anything else, you love God. Since you did not withhold your son, your only son from me. The, the faith that Abraham demonstrated was because he was walking in the love of God. I said something last Sunday. I want to repeat it again. There's a contest for your heart. Every father, listen to me this morning. During this global crisis and all the troubles we are seeing in the world, you can be tempted to start moving towards the fear end of the spectrum. And that's what the devil wants from you. But like I said, what you should do is to gravitate towards the faith end. And the, faith, the love end. And the love end is also the faith end. You will be tempted and there will be reasons. And I know there are many fathers. Maybe you've lost a job or there's a challenge somewhere. And there are things that want to make you just lose heart and be afraid. But live by faith. And I won't have time to teach how to live by faith. But you can learn it from that Romans chapter 4 text we read. Let me quickly go on to the third man as I begin to wrap up this morning. So um, I've already mentioned three things fathers should do. Number one, build the ark. Two, live by the word of God. Live in the word of God. Walk in obedience. Number three, live by faith. And the third man I want to point to in scriptures today is Jesus, our ultimate example. Glory be to God. Um, let me mention something about Jesus here, about building an ark to save your household. John 17, verse 12. While I was in the world, Jesus was speaking, I kept them in your name. Glory be to God. We'll just watch the Father in Jesus here. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. Hallelujah. None of them is lost, except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. I pray for every father this morning. No one in your household, no one under your care, no one under your keep will be lost in this crisis in the name of Jesus. The same power that was able to make Jesus to keep the people God gave him, that same power will work in your life in Jesus' name. John 13 verse 1, I love what the scripture says of Jesus here. Now before the feast of, the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world to the Father, Having loved his own, glory be to God. This is how he kept them. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. Praise God. That's how he was able to keep them. And nobody was lost under his care. He loved them to the very end. 
This is my fourth word to fathers today. Walk in the love of God. That's what we are teaching. Walk in the love of God. Look at three things. Three amazing things about Jesus' life and ministry. John chapter 3 verse 35. I will start with that one this morning. The Father loves the Son. This is Jesus speaking. The Father loves the Son. And he has given him all things. He has given all things into his hand. Look at verse 34. The previous verse. For whom God has sent speaks the word of God. For God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure to him. This is one of the things we see about Jesus. He had a limitless anointing upon his life. How did he walk in a limitless anointing? He was conscious of the Father's love for him. The Father loves the Son. He kept telling them, I know my Father loves me. And because he was conscious of the love of the Father and he was walking in the love of his Father, he operated in a limitless anointing. John chapter 5, glory be to God. I mean, this one I wish I had time. But you can read the text from verse 19 to verse 23. I'm only going to focus on verse 20 because of time. John 5 verse 20. For the Father loves the Son. This is what I'm teaching you. Walk in the love of the Father. The love of our Heavenly Father for you. Walk in that love. That's what Jesus was doing. He kept saying it. The Father loves the Son. Look at that verse. Verse 20. The Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater things, greater works than this, that you may marvel. This was Jesus responding to all the miracles and the wonders he was doing in his earthly ministry. The miracles that he did in his earthly ministry was because he was conscious that the Father loved him. He was conscious of the love of the Father. And look at this thought text about Jesus, John 10, 17 and 18. Therefore, my Father loves me. He kept saying it. My father loves me. The father loves the son. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. What was he referring to here? The death on the cross. Jesus was able to go and die on the cross for humanity because he was conscious that the father loved him. Walk in the love of the Father. That's how you're going to save the people God has given you. That's how you're going to overcome in this season. And that's how you're going to win. In Jesus' mighty name. So when you read John chapter 12, listen to what Jesus was saying from verse 23, John chapter 12. And this is very, very instructive. Because he's now talking to us here. Jesus answered saying to them, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. He was talking about himself going to die on the cross. But if he dies, it produces much grain. But watch verse 25 very carefully. He who loves his life will lose it. But he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. As a father, you can't live for yourself. You can't love yourself. You've got to learn to love those people. Like Jesus loved the disciples and loved us. Verse 26, if anyone serves me or if anyone follows my example, you see that that's what he's saying here. Let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. And if anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Oh, I wish we had time to talk about honor. Such a powerful place in fatherhood, but we don't have that time. 
I want to close with this text this morning. Luke 7, 22, talking about Jesus and John the Baptist. Look, as a father figure, whether you are father in, in a household or father over a business or an industry or a particular mountain in life, over a ministry, over a church, offenses will always come. People will be offended at you. People are going to offend you. Maybe in your house, your wife and your children are not offending you, but I'm showing your extended family, people have offended you. There's a way to deal with it. So when Jesus started his ministry, John the Baptist was even one of his first, um, first people to announce him and to believe in him. But when John started having problems and he was thrown in prison, the Bible said he sent his disciples to go and ask Jesus, are you really the Christ? I'm not sure I believe in your ministry anymore. Or should we look for another I was saying? And I want to talk to everyone really at this point, not just fathers, people that have father figures in your life. Don't let the pressures of life that you may be going through personally or that has besieged our world, don't let it cut you off from the father figure God has put in your life. When John the Baptist sent the people to come and question Jesus and doubt who he was and his ministry, listen carefully to how Jesus responded. Luke 7 verse 22. Jesus answered and said to the people that John sent to him, Go and tell John the things that you see, the things you have seen and you have heard. The blind are seen, the lame are walking, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor are having the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Don't let it be because you are having a personal challenge. You are now disconnecting yourself from the father figure that God has sent to you. Now, the Bible didn't tell us, but we also have intelligence. We can connect the dots. Um, later on, John the Baptist lost his head. Could it be that if he didn't allow himself to be offended, the Savior or the Father figure that Jesus was sent to be to him could have made all the difference? Hallelujah. So we speak to fathers today, walk in what it takes to be an effective fatherhood. We speak to people this morning that have father figures in your life. Learn to walk with the fathers and you will enjoy all that God has for you in this season. Glory be to God. Lift those hands to heaven where you are. And I just want us to thank God. Let's just thank God. He is our heavenly father. He is our number one father. And let's thank God that we have that relationship with him. And let's thank God that he's fathering us today. He's our father. He's watching over us. He's keeping us. Oh, Father, we give you praise. We're going to take a few minutes to pray. But before I get into that, I want to pray for those that maybe you are watching with us today. You are not born again. You've not yet surrendered your life to Jesus. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. Pray this simple prayer with us. Dear God in heaven, I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of salvation. And I also recognize today that you are a heavenly father. And you sent your son Jesus to die for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Make me your very own. I receive the salvation that you give. And I boldly declare from today, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name. If you pray that prayer with us, I want you to know God heard you. And God has saved you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email k 
KMI Africa at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00640.